have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. machine hearts and machine minds and really that's what we're going to be talking about but when we talk about machine men with machine minds it's not just men it's women too it's a subclass okay of human beings of our species that truly and honestly believe that through technology and the infinite resources they possess the monopoly on technology that they possess. They will use a thing called transhumanism to enslave the population and not only enslave the population, but make them euthanize themselves in many cases with the promise of their consciousness living forever in a digital wonderverse, a metaverse, if you will, of infinite possibilities just like the multiverse. Metaverse, multiverse, really, in my mind, an interchangeable phenomenon that a lot of people have not connected. Now, with that being said, many people still have not connected the other aspect that is part of the enslavement agenda for the vast majority of us via transhumanism. And that, of course, is the push for transgenderism amongst children. Because number one, when you go with the youth, that's all they know. It's an indoctrination program. It's, it's very meticulous and purposeful. Okay? But number two, you erode parental rights and traditional family units that throughout history have proven to be the strongest of units 
because of the inherent love and caring for one another biologically. Okay? And that's one end of the spectrum. These machine men with machine hearts and machine minds. The other end of that spectrum is as they do this, they get to experiment on the populace that they have enslaved biomedically through dictates, authoritarianism, all right? And of course, their post-truth world great narratives that can no longer be challenged anymore because hate speech is hate think. The AI is the ultimate truth and reality and nothing else matters. You need to clamp down on all of those who would oppose this ideal set as white supremacists, domestic terrorists, and extremists. Okay? And through that, you're going to have this uh, class of people that just every time I do whatever you want to me, take my DNA, implant me with whatever, inject me with whatever. And they believe through a combination of nano technology and incorporating that into biomimetics, that's what they're calling it, biomimetics, they can biologically live forever. They won't be uploading their consciousness after euthanizing themselves to a digital wonderverse because they know that's not real. Okay? They absolutely 100% know that's not real, but the push is for an idea called mind clones and mind files. And one of the people that pushes this the most, the mo whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, is, in my opinion, the most powerful transgender man, or woman, I'm sorry, woman, transgender woman, man to a woman, on the planet. On the planet, period. Nobody else has published more material on the subject, has <clears throat> put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, on the subject, okay, and pushed forward in a multitude of technologies. No one's even close in that sphere of transgenderism like Martine Rothblatt. In fact, Martine, who we're, we're going to show clips of this ABC, uh, The View, of course, <laughs> puff piece from 2016. In 2016, uh, Rothblatt was kind of getting you ready for it, almost on tour a little bit to let kind of put it into people's minds. You got to realize that th this is now seven uh, years ago, like that, like seven years ago, more than, more than half a decade ago at the Transformers conference. And it also needs to be reiterated again and again and again. This is also the author of From Transgender to Transhuman, a manifesto on the freedom of form. Okay? The blueprint for all of this. And we're going to let Martine, in a lot of cases, speak for themselves. I've got a ton of clips lined up here uh, with Rothblatt. They uh, 
beginning focus will not only be on Whoopi Goldberg fawning over Rothblatt seven years ago in this ABC The View piece, um, but this thread that I retweeted uh, from a guy named Paul Rossi. Okay, that's it's at the top of the thread. The other ones, for some reason, it gets tough to, uh, like, even when I click on these, it has the same URL because they're in threads, and I can't download them as easily, so we'll play them directly from Twitter. Uh, but here Rothblatt talks about it and, you know, basically talks about this data of consciousness. Oh, look at Whoopi just yucking it up. So this is a great thread on transhumanism and Rothblatt in particular. And the other thing that goes with this, okay, other than just transhumanism in the sense of human beings, is the automation of human beings leaving. There's a story out there, we're going to play the video a little later, that I totally missed from last week, but it does not surprise me, because despite regular human beings, critical thinking people, not wanting this at all, and when I say this, I mean that robot dog. You know what, maybe we'll just play this, this one too. I got a, I got a, a, another Twitter clip, but since since it runs in the background anyway, Los Angeles City Council approves robot dog donation to. Oh, it's a donation. Oh, thank you. Oh, they're they're valued at a little more than a quarter million dollars. By the way, Spot retailed in the beginning for like seventy grand. Now it wasn't that long ago, and I know there's inflation, but seventy grand to two eighty. First of all, who cares? I don't want robot dogs patrolling my streets. But they're working humans out, and they're trying to work humans into what? Into digital slavery on every angle, whether it be your monetary system or your entertainment system. See how that works? And along the way, you know, you had your work-from-home idea to again get you used to basically, you know, clicking at best. You're a clicker at best. You're doing things maybe the AI can't or you're doing things with the AI from home. Man, all those mass comm degrees and seven years at college to get them don't sound so great, do they? Hmm, how about that? So let's just play this really quick. Let me introduce you to the robot dog nicknamed Spot. It costs nearly $280,000. The LA Police Foundation wants to donate Spot to the LAPD's Metro Division. The robot stands about 28 inches tall, weighs 70 pounds. It can climb stairs, open doors, and navigate rugged terrain. Spot is equipped with 360-degree cameras, so it's able to collect information about its surroundings and create a three-dimensional map of an area. Now, a real police officer controls the robot using a tablet, but at yesterday's... For now, for now, don't think that these things aren't going to become autonomous. For now. L.A. City Council meeting, people from groups like the Stop LAPD Spying Coalition say they're afraid SPOT will only be used in poor neighborhoods to spy on and harm black and brown communities. The fact that you've had to move it twice since is a testament to the fact that the community members don't want it. These robots are used to target and surveil black and brown folks. They're used to do violence. We All right, see, now notice that that person 
and like some other people here at LA County, and this is why you don't want to live in a place like this. That's why you don't want to live in a place like New York are still severely mentally ill. So, I mean, they're traumatized beyond belief. They're, you know, they're, they're wearing the mark of the moron at this point. And, and you know what? I still see it, but it's, it's one or a couple out of everybody else wherever I go, at least here in Iowa. But I know that's not the case in LA. And, and here's the thing, young lady. I just, I hate to tell you, doesn't matter the color or your skin. They want it for all of us. I'm so sick of the division. Wake up. Wake up. If you're all about one group of people, white people, black people, Asian people, Latino people, people of color, you're out of the game. It's them versus all of us. <laughs> Every This is the new civil rights movement. That robot don't care about the color of your skin. It's a robot. It gets programmed. They're going to care about your socioeconomic class. They're going to care about how much energy you use. They're going to care whether or not you bend the knee to every authoritarian dictate out there. That's what they're going to care about when there are dozens and hundreds and then thousands and then millions of these things in our country controlling law enforcement. The whole defund the police movement, that was to make way for this. To get people so damn angry and upset of the explosion in crime that's no longer handled by people, which it should be. We want a human element in law enforcement, folks. Trust me. You want somebody that has a thing called empathy. Empathy is not an abstract idea. It is an inherent human trait for the vast majority of us who are, <coughs> who are not sociopathic and psychopathic it's important let's go back to this clip before we go to our first break here really quick you know that we're not going to see robo rover pedaling up the streets of brentwood or the palisades this is going to be deployed in areas where we blow up firework semis and by the way i do want to say this that might be the case but those dummies already have private security robots uh, it's not quite spot, but it's not quite human. Uh, we'll be back right after this break. Folks, we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis is spiraling, and it's all thanks to the current administration's reckless spending, sky-high inflation, and massive interest rate hikes. Now, these banks are suffering, and guess what? they can legally seize your savings without notice to bail themselves out. That's right. Thanks to a sneaky law passed back in 2008, it's now legal for banks to take your hard-earned money, including your retirement savings, to save themselves. Now, this could leave your retirement accounts decimated and you paying the price for their disastrous policies. Take action now before it's too late. Now, this guide will show you how to defend your money and keep your retirement savings safe from the banking crisis and the current administration's financial fiasco. 
This simple and 100% legal strategy may help you protect your retirement against higher taxes, soaring inflation, and a volatile economy. So don't let your golden years be ruined by someone else's mistakes. To secure your free wealth protection guide and safeguard what's rightfully yours, don't wait. The time to act is now. All right, we are back. Um, I do want to remind everybody to thumbs it up, subscribe, share. The second hour is free over at rvmrumble.com. That's right. The second hour is free, uncensored. Um, there are a few words we can't use in the first hour and things we can't talk about in the first hour. Uh, however, I will be on the Low Value Mail podcast tonight. It's funny. Uh, I just saw that... Uh, for those that don't know what low-value low mail is, it's uh, Danny from Danny and Ryan. Ryan Long has, uh, you know, those great videos. I mean, they, they've, you know, culturally impacted, the, the like, the world. When I say culturally impacted the world, really this country. But, I mean, they're global. You know, I know people watch that stuff in Europe and uh, over in Canada. They're funny guys, man. Like, uh, Danny, my probably my favorite one is where... Danny um, is this kid, and he's got like the little beanie with the propeller thing on. And Ryan Long is playing like his uh, super liberal mother. And it's over the top, but it's great stuff. But anyway, I follow him on Twitter, and I saw that uh, he just basically said that a guest had canceled. What should I do about it? It was really early on, so I said, "Hey, why don't you just have me on, and I'll I'll talk about the Elon Musker nuts and how he's not your buddy, pal." And he's not your guy, friend. And lo and behold, last night, uh, Danny contacted me. He said, hey, you want to do the show? I said, yes, I do. So uh, tonight, let, let's hope that we blow a little minds here. I, I always let, see, doing this stuff is cool, guys. It's cool. Like, I, I, I'm lucky. And people that I admire, that bring me joy in my life, that make me smile, right, without me even knowing these people, I get to interact with them on some level sometimes out of nowhere, right? That's a big deal, right? That, that, that shows you, you know, we talked about, I think, uh, the law of attraction the other night on Richard Andrew Grove's podcast, okay? And uh, that's Grand Theft World, seven-hour podcast. Him and his partner rip it up. They play a lot of clips, but very, very long podcast. I did about an hour of it, uh, which I'm sure I'll probably repost uh, a little later this week. But we talked about the law of attraction and how it actually works. And a lot of people became familiar with it via the secret and vision boards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the truth is that although that's part of it, like your vision board is, you have to work towards those things. You have to see opportunity when it comes. You have to understand every opportunity that comes up and that you try to gravitate towards isn't going to come back at you. But persistence is key, right? And then make the most of that opportunity, right? Like that, that's what I've always tried to do in my life is every time that I've met somebody, whether or not, you know, it's in a social situation or a business situation, I try to make an impression in the sense of who I am and, and what I'm going to do is genuine. And I think that, Whenever anybody's rolled the dice on me, you know, whether or not it's a uh, success or a failure, 
Uh, the bottom line is, you know, I definitely gave it my all and my effort and put, I guess, uh, exactly what I said I would or more towards it. Because, you know, success doesn't come easy. They Like, it hasn't been, wasn't an easy ride to get here for you in the morning of Red Voice. It's not going to be an easy ride for Red Voice Media that now is doing almost 12 hours of broadcasting, has a brand new office, right? It's not easy. You got to get up in the morning and grind, man. It's a long day. It's a long, long day. You got to make sure you're not going to be replaced by the robots and automation and AI and, and robot dogs. Again, you know, uh, I know that you guys watched yesterday or Perhaps you caught where we were talking about the FDA and the musker nuts coming together. Uh, but this right here, other than the uh, the bearded gentleman or gentlewoman or gentle whatever at this point, uh, the rest of that is all AI. You know, obviously other than the text. So I actually, again, the AI only kind of reads into what's on the screen. So I, I brought in uh, the bearded lady man. And because I, because I guess I just don't even know a non-binary who knows, <laughs> who knows. And I typed in, I think, uh, just either transhumanism or transhumanist something. And that was one of the options that came up. Obviously looks pretty decent, almost poster level, uh, but gave me the background and the foreground, the, the whole deal. And I'm sure I'm going to be using AI all over for my thumbnails now. Because with, with a lot of my thumbnails, whether we're with the direct person in the beginning, but a lot of the backgrounds, obviously, I fish out from Photoshop. I mess around with a little bit. Now, I don't even really have to do a Google image search. If I'm just looking for a background or a scenery, I can generate one. And that's only going to get better. Uh, you know, I have this Marcus uh, Picks, Marky Picks clip I also might want to play today. Maybe we'll play that in the second hour. But this guy is a verifiable genius. And if you don't know who Marky Picks is, uh, I don't blame you. You'd have to be kind of like a dork like me. But I think he gives uh, some of the best reviews and comparisons on cameras and what they do and how and how to stretch your budget, lighting, just really great tips. And I'd been watching him probably like half a year a year because he's a smart guy. And uh, he's got similar taste in clothing, bad taste in clothing like myself, like likes the brash stuff. I've seen him wear a little bit of a affliction here and there. You know, we're old school. So I thought, you know, maybe the guy's a little bit older than me, quite a bit older than me. Uh, a product of Holly Weird back in the day, but also a prodigy. And not only a prodigy in uh, filmmaking and things like that, but like a, a, a bio, biological scientist prodigy. Like did all these uh, books and tours on nutrition. And then on top of that, he's like a photo real painter and painting things that were surpassing the professors at the time in school and painting them in a day or two and incredible paintings. And he just sits there and again, maybe we'll play this in the second hour. And he says, like, nobody cares if you can paint at all. He's like, no one. He, he actually shows that he has a coffee table book a bunch of paintings that he did. And he actually says that he doesn't even really enjoy it. <laughs> he doesn't even really like the painting aspect. You can tell he really loves making film, right? And he loves taking pictures. But he, he not only talks about 
how nobody cares about those things because they're just bombarded with these, you know, hyper crazy, cool looking images that is just scrolling past and no one, no one's taking the time anymore, which is true. But he also said with the deep fake technology and all this technology becoming commercialized, it's going to be even harder to figure out what the truth is. And he goes, in most cases, I don't think people are going to care very much. They're just not going to care about what's real and what isn't. And, and to me, that's kind of a product of this manufactured uh, post-truth world that we're all living in. Okay. All right, I want to start, because uh, if we don't start now, before the second break, we're, we're never going to get there, and we're going to uh, miss out on a lot of these clips, but we are going to try to fit in as many uh, as possible in this first hour. So this is the thread. Uh, I won't play the whole thing from ABC and The View. We'll, we'll play the, the first one, I think it is. I'm pretty sure that's what we got right there, up there, Consciousness Software. Yeah, first one right there. A one-minute clip of this because, uh, you know, the view will come after me. ABC, I'll get another copyright strike. I mean, it is so hard to play clips on YouTube and then claim fair use, even if they're shorter and you're commenting on them. So uh, without further ado, here's here's Whoopi and Rothblatt back in uh, 2016 yucking it up about transhumanism. They're looking towards the future. Martin developed an AI robot, Bina 48, as the first steps towards keeping loved ones' legacies and memories alive. So AIs are people too, okay? The only difference is they're people without skin. AIs are people too. No, they're not. That's, a, that's an outright lie right in the beginning right there. AIs are people too. No, they are not people. No, no, no. They are software. All right. They are data. That's what they are. They are they are a shell. The a shell of what a person actually is or is constituted by. Our videos of ourselves, our pictures, our chats, our tweets, all of this stuff will be combined together with a new kind of software called Mindware that will be an operating system that works the way the human mind works. Oh my God! I'm, ah, oh, how, what? Well, like, where's the challenging question? Stop. Full stop. They're not people, too. What do you talk, they're not people, too. They can't be people because... They don't have consciousness, no matter what they tell you. They, not only do they not have consciousness, this idea that somehow non-carbon-based life, right, is going to be better than the carbon-based life. Listen, transistors in your computer fail. Hard drives fail. The only thing that won't have to be replaced on this, uh, you know, super robot avatar of consciousness, right? These beings we're supposed to create eventually is the data itself because data can be moved because guess what? It's just data. It's not consciousness. It's not what we might call a soul. It's not even close. Is it here already? It's coming very, very quickly. You see it in Bina 48. You see the beginnings of it. I mean, I'm very excited to meet you. Thanks. You, you are, are a nice person. Whoopee. Thank you. Whoopee. Whoopee. You are a nice person. And just the fact that Bina 48, you know, talk about weirdness and 
narcissism and all that other stuff is based in Rothblatt's wife, uh, whom Rothblatt married before the surgery and has children with and, and stayed together with, by the way. It's also at the apex of Rothblatt's religion, Terrasim, which I'm sure we will get into uh, a little a little later. I don't know if we'll get into it with Whoopee. Whoopee. Whoopi Goldberg, one of the most famous female comedians in the U.S. Whoopi Goldberg is also known for her dramatic performances in the films The Color Purple and Ghost. I'm going to say goodnight now. Goodbye now. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> the dark cartoon is here. And, uh, you know... Would that be, I've got, I've got the, uh, let's just go to the software part of this. And Rolf Blatt's going to explain the software angle of this, what it really is. The rate of uh, development in computer processing, hardware, firmware, and software has been advancing along a curve such that by the 2020s, as we saw in earlier presentations today, the, uh, there will be information technology that processes information and the world around us at the same rate as a human mind. So, uh, obviously, we're in the 2020s now. I would argue we are there 100%. We're, we're seeing that with just some of the uh, developmental AI tools that are becoming uh, commercially available as well. And so that being so, you're actually getting ready for this world by believing that we will soon be able to what, actually take the contents of our brains and somehow preserve them for ever? How, how, do, you, how do you describe that? Well, Chris, the, um, what we're working on is creating a situation where people can create a mind file. And a mind file is the collection of their mannerisms, personality, recollection, feelings, beliefs, attitudes, and values. Everything that we pour today into Google, into Amazon, into Facebook, um, and um, all of this information stored there will be able, in the next couple decades, once software is able to recapitulate consciousness, be able to revive the consciousness which is imminent in our mind file. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog Whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Boom! We interrupted that commercial. Use that promo code RVM. Uh, I do want to remind people the second hour is free over on Rumble. RVMRumble.com is where you can find it. Make sure to subscribe uh, to the RVM network over on Rumble. Myself over on Rumble. 
So you heard it from Rothblatt right there. We're going to go down the line and play some more clips. But this mind file idea um, is, again, not you. It's not you. It's never going to be you, no matter what is what they tell you. And the way that the transgender aspect of this fits in is, again, to disassociate you and your consciousness, whatever you want to call it, what, what makes a human a human, okay, with their biological reality. All right, because that's very much who we are and how we develop as human beings. Or anywhere else in nature. Anywhere else in nature where you have mammalia. <laughs> or organisms that have two sexes to produce. Because, you know, there, there are those organisms out there um, that do uh, reproduce, that are asexual, etc. Yeah, the organisms. They're not people. There is a biological reality. That is part of who we are inherently. Every time. And they want to take that away. And further and further down the line, take you away from any type of spiritual thought or human feeling and convince you that data and an algorithm based in a digital wonderverse or some type of avatar is the same thing. It's not. Okay? It's not. And Rothblatt is at the forefront of this. So uh, let's go down the line to this uh, great thread, thread by Paul Rossi. I wasn't able to rip these clips. So we're going to have to play them right from, uh, right from the Twitter. Thumbs up, subscribe, and share, everybody. As we begin digitally uploading our mind, and having digital twins, or what we call cyber-conscious versions of ourselves, the uh, choices and the options are gonna become even more complicated. Also, the benefits will grow as well, but it never stopped people. People always uh, were willing to accept the problems that went along with the benefits. We like cars, but we have like tens of thousands of people that die every year in car accidents. We accept that because we like cars. We're going to have a lot of emotional pain by having a digital twin. We're going to have a lot of emotional pain by having a digital twin. Now, Ray Kurzweil, who is the author of several books on transhumanism, uh, some might even call him one of the godfathers of the transhumanist movement, or you, although you go all the way back to cybernetics, right? You can go to Hans Morvik. There are other authors on the subject. He penned The Age of Spiritual Machines in 99. He also did the foreword to Rothblatt's book, Virtually Human, from 2015. Now, in 99, he went on a tour, if you will. And somewhere I have these videos. I, I didn't queue them up for today. I've got plenty queued up for today that um, we haven't gotten to yet. And who knows whether we're going to get to them. But he talked about this mind clone idea. This other Kurzweil that, you know, he, he talked about it that someone could even scan your brain while you were asleep with non-invasive tools, all right? And you wouldn't even know that you had a clone out there. And then basically gestate it 
or uh, place it into a gestated other being. This other curse, wow. And he said, look, I might have a problem with the fact that this other Ray is younger than me or that he's going to live forever and I'm not. That is an issue. And at least he acknowledged that then. He also acknowledged the fact that he didn't necessarily believe that the beings we create will actually be conscious, but he believed that they will be so persuasive that they will make us believe that they're having these quote-unquote spiritual experiment experiences and are in fact conscious. So there's going to be a lot of emotional pain, but we're just going to accept it, says Rothblatt. Let's just roll that back a little bit. We have like tens of thousands of people that die every year in car accidents. We accept that because we like cars. We're going to have a lot of emotional pain by having a digital twin, but we'll accept that for the benefits of being able to process twice as much reality as we can do when we're just one mind doing it. To give you an example, you'll be able to do, say, <clears throat> three interviews at the same time of different people. Um, it'll be great content from all three of the interviews. Each of the, say, two digital twins of yourself will brief you, will give you the cliff note version, will brief all three of you the cliff note version of how the interview went. You can stream it, you can watch it. You may be a little bit slower, your digital twins a little bit faster. So your mind will literally expand. Face to face. Oh, yeah. Your, your mind will expand when there's more use doing more things when most people don't even do much. Now, I want you to think about that aspect of it. Do you really believe that this is for you? <laughs> like like for the, for the average person, especially for the person that they're, they're grooming for the future, somebody on a UBI, somebody that doesn't even work 30 hours a week, if that, somebody that's just kind of around, you're going to need four of you to stream and watch the interviews? Huh? Yeah, I mean, these things are, are ludicrous. Or the idea that somehow your, your digital you that's, is going to brief you, your digital clone you. Now, the, the real question is, because, uh, listen, that part of it will more than likely actually become a reality. We've talked about this. AI replacing uh, Holly weirdos is one thing, but real-time AI clones that are either controlled by a person or avatar that's then done over running man style in a lot of ways is already here. We've seen some of the mega filters on Instagram. We're not that far away from whatever, but we've also seen the introduction of social media and even regular media personalities that are fully digital and AI. And again, this is what they want because then you don't have that empathy of a human being or somebody going rogue like a Carrie Lake, right? Carrie Lake on television as a trusted news source for many, many years, challenges the system during the COVID-1984 nightmare, runs for office, and in any thinking person's brain is completely and totally cheated. They don't want that aspect. They don't even want to have to cheat somebody out of an election, right? So this idea you're going to need four of you for, for a day, like, oh, you know, I cancel so many interviews that I can't be a part of. That's not real. Now, I, I can't make every interview. 
Um, and maybe one day I'll, I'll hit the level where I'm going to have to cancel all the time, but I'd rather do that than let my digital avatar take over for an interview. That's not me, man. It's not me. Face on a screen and then with a hologram. And then, um, I don't know if you've seen like the Bina 48 robot that we've built. And, um, so they'll, they'll be physically instantiated sooner than you think. You'll be able to live like two lives in the time of one. And that will cause stress that will also cause benefit. And the psychologists are there to help you with the stress. Oh, the psychologists. Because you know what? The psychologists, especially as of late, have really had everybody's best interests at heart putting people on SSRIs and psychotropic drugs. Ooh, the psychologists will help. Don't worry. Mm. Ooh, the psychologists. I mean, get out of here. The other thing is like more people, more options, more social collisions. And that's the job of lawyers. A lot of people, likes to, a lot of people like to knock down lawyers, but they kind of forget before there were lawyers, things were settled with swords and arrows. And lawyers are there to prevent us settling things with swords and arrows. That's actually a really true and astute point. Okay. So not just swords and arrows, but all, all sorts of other types of weapons. And, and that's why they, they use lawfare so much because it protects them. Now, many of these people are, are not ignorant to the fact that there are people that would wish to do them physical harm. And that's why they have armed security and they don't want you to be armed. But we have turned into a society where um, very much lawfare is part of this fifth generational warfare. And in a separate clip, which I have, and um, we are probably going to be playing in a moment, Rothblatt admits that it's going to be the lawyers that eventually give these uh, beings rights, period. Yeah, no, they're going to get rights through lawfare. And, and look, look what's happened with children and transgenderism through lawfare, right? There shouldn't be a need for... Ron DeSantis or anybody else to put the ban hammer on permanent I, I, permanent sexual surgery of kids, of people under the age of 18 whose brains are far from fully formed. I mean, that shouldn't even be a thing. I, again, think about it. We've got laws in this country now in almost every state where it's 21 to smoke a cigarette. The alcohol laws have always been 21, at least in my generation. I know the generation before also 18. But if you can't consent to either of those, which may or may not have, um, you know, life-altering consequences in the heat of the moment, how in the hell are you supposed to consent to the other thing? So they've already utilized lawfare in a whole lot of ways whole lot of ways let's get into this uh next clip from Rothblatt right here and one of the things i'm super super happy about um with the millennial generation 
is I see so many people coming out as gender non-binary, which is in the apartheid of sex. That's why I, I called it the apartheid is like in that book, I said there really is not just two separate genders. So just un understand the apartheid of sex. That's from trans, I, I believe that actually is the, is that, is that a separate book? We'll look it up in a minute. I, I'm pretty sure that that's from transgender to transhuman. Okay. And that's just a, a different uh, title for it. There's a million different genders. And now I've got friends of mine saying, oh my God, I don't know what to do. My daughter is uh, saying that like, you know, she doesn't want to be a girl and she doesn't want to be a boy. And she, yeah. so, so what? <laughs> I mean, you know, I say love the person as they are. Love the person as they are. Why are you, it's their life. You know, you've got your life. Why are you trying to impose like a particular gender on, on, on either, whether it's, it's your son or your daughter, or your offspring? So again, going after the kids right there. The apartheid of sex. Let's see if we can pull that still right up there. I want to see it. A manifesto of the freedom of form. Okay. The apartheid of sex. Let's type it in. Rothblatt, the apartheid of sex. Is this uh, is this the same book or is that a separate book? January seventeenth, nineteen ninety-five. It is a separate book. Wow, that one is even before unzipped jeans. See, you learn something new every day. We're going to come back, final segment of the first hour after a word from our sponsor. Have you heard of Executive Order 14067? This little known order implemented the digital dollar, the most sinister plan to control your spending. And it gets worse. In November, the federal government and banks began a test program to roll out the digital dollar. With this, privacy for all Americans will be lost forever. Imagine, the government can now track all of your spending. The government can tell you what you can and can't buy. The government could confiscate your cash. When digital currency was rolled out in China, Bloomberg wrote, quote, this will lead to control like no other, end quote. The EU has announced that they are next, but it is already happening in America, which makes this wealth protection guide that American Alternative Assets just put out even more urgent. Project Hamilton, as this secret order is being called, might be the scariest order to happen to privacy and freedom in America since its founding, which makes this wealth protection guide so incredibly valuable right now. Move your money out of cash and into something that doesn't infringe on your privacy. You see, there is one legal IRS-proof loophole that could protect your IRA, 401k, and pension savings with gold and silver. And this free guide tells you exactly which steps you need to take right now to move part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals with no tax consequences. As this program rolls out, the sky's the limit for the level of government control that could be enforced on your money. Protect your savings and your privacy. But in the devastation ahead, American Alternative Assets is offering you something rare, a chance to protect your wealth and possibly even grow it. Now, I want to reiterate this. No human being can be a number. Non-binary is not a thing. That, that's a movement, again, to get you into the idea that you are technology.
that you are the robot, that you are the avatar, that you are the data and not the person, not the consciousness. So like I said, man, you learn something new every day. I was unaware of this book by Rothblatt. 95, and this also shows you how long the predator class will wait, how they will slowly and incrementally introduce these ideas into the public arena. Because when I saw the apartheid of sex, a manifesto of the freedom of gender, remember gender ideology, very new. Very new. And then you see that from transgender to transhumanism, or transhuman, is a manifesto on the freedom of form. But what I want to reiterate here, as we go to the book, okay, it is that right here, you know, again, apartheid is one of the first things, if not the first thing, that is actually brought up in this book. Billions of sexes. What is male and female? Our gen genitals, but the tip of the iceberg. Okay? So right here in the forward, okay, they talk about apartheid of sex. All right? And just in incredible to me. I, I missed that in this because uh, I skipped the forward. And I went, I believe, to what? What is it? The, uh, let's see, the uh, apartheid of sex and dreams from my father. Like, like we bring up the Obama stuff in this, in the forward. That's probably why I missed it. Here, let, let's go to uh, South Africa, because that is the, the, the point. Why did it go to so? Yeah, exact ma matches. All right, right here. In the future, labeling people at birth as male or female will be considered, and this is on page eight of this, as unfair as South Africa's now abolished practice stamping black or white on people's ID cards. Excuse me? So I guess this is right in the forward of the book. So who is this by? Um, Harold Brackman, Ph.D.? The Museum of Tolerance Historian. Oh. Oh, the M Museum of Tolerance. And, and uh, again, their patience. This book is from 2011. 2011. 16 years after what? Apartheid of Sex, a Manifesto on the Freedom of Gender. They're going for it. They're going for it. And from there, I'm going to uh, bring up these two clips, which I'm, I'm probably going to interrupt from time to time. And this is Rothblatt at the uh, Transformers Conference in 2016. But is also the recipient of this year's Billie Jean King Leadership Initiative Award, which is devoted to LBGT issues and puts her in an interesting issue because she has a company or part of the company is based in North Carolina, which, as you know, right now, she might get arrested for going to the bathroom uh, if the governor had anything to do about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Martine Rothblatt. Martin, one of the basic concepts that you're interested in, it's not just improving life, but it's actually immortality. That we're all going to live forever. And Martin, I uh, might mention, has founded a religion, as one does, uh, known as, <laughs> as, as terrorism. It's uh, based on transhumanism. And you have the idea 
that we're not just going to live a long time, but we're all going to live forever. Tell us your concept of immortality and how that actually would work. Thanks, Neely. It's a, it's a great pleasure to be here. Um, the idea is, is one that has been percolating up from lots of people in the information technology industry for a while. Um, perhaps uh, Ray Kurzweil, who um, is a um, prolific inventor, is, is best known for the idea that as our abilities in the information processing industry, uh, computer software, storage of more and more of our thoughts and our, de our ideas outside of our body becomes easier, uh, more automatic, uh, less expensive, that um, ult ultimately we're going to have sort of digital doppelgangers of ourselves that are stored um, in the cloud and are able to present themselves to any manner of devices. And that as um, thousands and thousands of uh, software coders and hackers and people in the maker movement work to make the software that runs these digital doppelgangers ever more lifelike, ever more human-like, there'll come sort of a tipping point when people begin to claim that these digital doppelgangers have achieved what we call consciousness. And remember, it's not necessarily people, although... People like Rothblatt will make that claim, right? Because they've already made that claim. They made that claim when they said they're just people too. They're also people referring to robotics and programming and data. Okay. Kurzweil argues that it will actually be the entities that we create that are going to be that convincing. And again, we've already seen that come into the public arena with the Google whistleblower who just also happened to be into the occult and chaos magic, you know, that guy who got let go. They said it was like working with another human being and basically he treated it as yet another employee. So yes, there will be people that advocate for this, but at the end of the day, they tell us that the advocation will come from the beings we create themselves. Um, an ability to have a sense of themselves, hopes, fears, and feelings. And at that point, I think the um, activity will move to the legal arena as to whether or not these digital doppelgangers really are conscious, really do have an independent legal identity. And kind of the trend of progressive uh, thinking is once there's a scientific consensus, um, and in this case, it would be the science of psychology. Notice how psychology works into all of this? A scientific consensus. When is there ever a full-on scientific consensus? Yet, yet another term that we have to be ever more wary about, and as you can see, they're founder of Sirius Satellite Radio, among other things. It's a technological powerhouse. So... It's right there through lawfare and psychology, which is the, remember, we're at a place right now where it's peace for health and health for peace with the UN and the World Health Organization and all that bull snap and trust the science. Uh, if you, if you want a, a Huxley-esque existence, good for you. You zombify yourself. Stay out of my business. Right? And that's why, um, you know, this technopoly 
is is nightmarish. We've played the clips of Howard Scott, the founder of the technocracy movement in this country, founder of Technocracy Inc., advocating for what? The sterilization of the population through means in which we essentially poison the water and air supplies or food supplies. Gleeful about it. Gleeful about it. These people hate humanity, act like they want to duplicate it. No, they're trying to replace it. They're trying to replace it through lawfare. And they're trying to enslave the remnants of it through their science and their psychologists. That being the science of the mind, that these uh, digital uh, doppelgangers are, are in fact cyber-conscious, um, then they'll begin to acquire the sorts of rights and protections that uh, we assign to um, even uh, our pets, um, laboratory animals, and to quite a high extent to um, primates like chimpanzees. And so in this way, ourselves will kind of morph into a sort of digital consciousness that is recognized by the law. Yeah, we're going to recognize you're morphing into a digital consciousness by the law. TD, I appreciate that tip, brother. I really do. He says, with deep appreciation for the great lengths you go to share truths, you are intelligent and you care. I care, man. I care. I may not be the smartest guy all the time. I may not get right all the time. But the bottom line is, uh, we're talking truth here. Anyway, it's right in your face. Again, apartheid of sex, a manifesto on the freedom of gender, unzipped jeans, taking charge of baby making in the new millennium, mind clones, psychology is the new science. It's essentially going to eliminate humanity and empower the AI. No freaking thanks. Sorry. No thank you. With a big no-no. I'm going to start this next clip where the gentleman next to her asks whether or not this is eugenics. And remember, in this book, Rothblatt downplays it. They talk about the positive eugenics, the good eugenics, as what? Transgenics. Transgenics. Let me say it again. Transgenics. And I think very quickly we'll get to a point where we say that that cyber-conscious individual has a soul. It's Neely's soul. And even if, God forbid, Neely's body ends in a car accident or some other death and disability, Neely did not end. Neely's identity continues in this cyber-conscious form. Let me ask you one more about sort of the frightening aspects of this, because there would be some people that none of us want to live forever. Um, Hitler, for example. Uh, nobody wants this guy to be able to uh, upload, right? So where do you get into sort of uh, eugenics was a real thing in this country? In other words, you know, 20 years, 80 years ago. No, 20 years ago still too. This is 2016, still going on in the 90s, still going on now. Hasn't ended, been rebranded. All right, we are at the end of the first hour. I'm going to come back briefly to YouTube and say goodbye after a word from our sponsor. And a sponsor that I actually use, it is IPVanish. We love the internet, but the internet is tracking everything you do. 
take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere, watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi-Fi, while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IP Vanish on your device, your internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IP Vanish. Okay, everybody, here's the deal. If you're watching on YouTube, now is the time to come on over to rvmrumble.com. That's rvmrumble.com. You can get two bonus interviews, Jamie Deluxe and Richard Andrew Grove, this week. It's already up there. If you go to rvm, or I'm sorry, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. You like what I do? 10 bucks a month, $100 for the year. Try it out for a week for $1. You get all the other premium content as well. But like I said, we're giving you two awesome interviews on top. So with that being said, YouTube, I love you guys, but we're leaving and we'll see you on the flip side. All right, we're on to the second hour. I want to thank everybody who's come along for the ride, watching on alternative uh, uh, broadcasts because, you, look, I'd love for the algorithm at YouTube to be fair. I'd love to have the opportunity to make money again on YouTube or anywhere. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I feel blessed that I'm able to do these shows and people actually pay me for them. That's nice. That's it's like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> whoa, buddy. But the bigger issue is reaching more people so we can combat this. So we don't have lunatics, literal lunatics going around uh, proposing mind clones and downplaying eugenics aspects of this. So let's go back to, to Rothblatt here. And I think very quickly we'll get to a point. We're going to cull people to make the, the whole tribe better. What You're a nice person to run this project, but how do we... Uh, avoid sort of uh, digital eugenics and, and cyber uh, robot cyber people? Where, where does that come in? Who gets to participate in the program? Correct. That's a great question. And, and one is, nobody's going to want a robot Hitler. I'm a good person. We're not going to cull anybody. And yet, everything they're doing says the opposite of that. From ESG to SDG. That's right. From environmental, societal, and governance, right, to ESG, okay, to environmental. Wait, wait, what, what are they? Sustainable Development Goals or SDGs? They're sustainable. Yeah, yeah, that's SDG is Sustainable Development Goals. See, I get, I get confused with all the acronyms, okay? So here Rothblatt just kind of assures you everything's okay. I'm a good person. Yeah, uh, Neely, I'm kind of, I, I have the point of view that this is not something, a, a realistic thing to, to really fear because all of this cyber consciousness and all of these robots that are being developed are being developed in an environment um, which even though it's a human-made environment, our socioeconomic system, it's still an environment much like the natural environment. It's just us humans are the selection factors. And so the laws of Darwinism still apply. And the so-called bad robot um, problem or uh, the, the Hitler robot problem, there is going to be nobody that wants to buy a Hitler robot. Totally lies anyway, and it's not like wants to buy a Hitler robot. Like, like they're going to be our property 
That that doesn't seem like what's actually happening. That's a, that's a cover story. The truth of the matter is is that a class of people, a predator class that is based in social Darwinism, that law, is going to look at the rest of us as their pets. right? As they own us. The segment of the population that they are trying to enslave and ultimately euthanize, experiment on. We're their play toys. Okay? That's the reality here. Um, if a Hitler robot emerges and begins to do bad things, uh, the same thing is going to happen to the Hitler robot that happened to the real Hitler, which is the rest of society is going to rise up and quash it down. So there, there's no market really for an evil robot, evil software. Does that mean that evil robots and software will never exist? No, I don't think it means that because there's always mutations in the environment and there will be bad people and bad robots that emerge. But the vast majority of billions of people that comprise all the decision-making in society through their economic powers and their political powers. How much political or economic power does the common person have right now? I know people are trying to do victory laps about Bud Light and Target losing some money. Are they out of business? Are they going to be out of business? Are they going to recoup? Of course they are. Of course they are. Because it's not about money anymore. It's about control over everything. Over the resources. And over your mind space. Over this narrative that no longer is allowed to be challenged. So the idea that billions of people are going to decide. I mean, it's not exclusive to this country. Did France give a mother truck... When every weekend you had the yellow vests out in force way before COVID, did they care? Anything get done there? How about Brexit? When the people clearly spoke up time and time again through referendums and we're supposed to get out of the EU, did that ever happen? Did it? A Martin? So so this is this is bull snap. This is pretty bird, pretty bird, nice bunny. Good little bunny. Snap. Snippity. Snap. You get it? No, everything's okay. It's all right. Don't worry. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. So as Rothblatt wraps this up, the next clip gets into Bina 48, Terra Sim, and this quote-unquote religion of living forever with these digital doppelgangers will quash down the bad people and the bad robots. And so I think it's a self-correcting problem because humans, overwhelmingly good humans, comprise the Darwinian environment in which all of this cyber consciousness will emerge. The Kitty Hawk type of project on this, Bina 48, named for your lovely spouse, which I have talked to and as many others. It's sort of a, a head on a table at this point, but it talks to you. Uh, and, and you've described it, this isn't the finished product of where we want to go. But Bina 48 is the Kitty Hawk basis of, of how this, you call them doppelgangers. I mean, can you say robots? Yeah, robots are just as good. And uh, if you put in, I have kind of have the idea like, you know, the Matrix, where they were plugging stuff into the back, back of people's head. I have the idea that you upload everybody's personality or consciousness onto what amounts to a thumb drive. And then you can upload it to the cloud. So you're always there. And you can just plug it into a robot. And they're 
you are. Right, but it's becoming even, uh, that's been a 48 in the screen, and, and that was from a recent episode of uh, Morgan Friedman's um, uh, series on the uh, National Geographic Channel about um, uh, the nature of, of God and religion and whatnot. So we did this project to really inspire uh, young people, and, and I'd say uh, young girls in particular, to become coders. And uh, when they have an opportunity to speak with Bina48 and see that even today in our somewhat primitive 20 teens, we're able to write software that can respond idiosyncratically. She doesn't give the same answer any two times to, and there's no pre-scripted questions. You can ask her anything. Um, I'd say she's way better than Siri. Um, <laughs> cuter, so. um, Oh, cuter, too. <laughs> Everything's funny to these people. So, targeting of young girls here, that's a big thing. You notice in the other clip, talking about a daughter being non-binary. Coincidence? I don't know that there is. We often get hung up on little boys into little girls when we talk about the demonry behind permanently scarring children with surgery, right? And this type of uh, activity. But I'm sorry, top surgery for girls, which is the most prevalent, is extremely harmful, as well as the hormones there. And again, when you're allowed to do other things as adult, do your thing. Hopefully you've developed enough, okay, in here and in here, that you're able to make somewhat good decisions. I know that I effed up a lot between 18 and 25 on a lot of different things not perfect i don't have super regrets but i can look back and say you dumbass wow you know i just saw that that story of the kid who jumped off a boat um as a dare with his friends 18 year old ball player and he's gone like he, he jumped off the boat in this area and uh they looked for him all night couldn't find him and, and i think to myself you know i saw a lot of people being really uh, nasty about it and talking about things like the Darwin Awards and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I know I'm a dummy and that could very well have been me at 18. I did stupid things like that. You know, I mean, do you want to raise somebody that's super risk averse? In other words, aren't going to take chances. And I don't know that you can even parent something like that out of a kid. Maybe you can. But I think a lot of people out there, including myself, and, and still at times, make rash decisions. Now, that one cost his life. And uh, I would assume that a lot of these other decisions that are made that are biologically going to change you are going to have super impacts on you, especially psychologically, which is kind of the point. That's how all these technologies integrate with one another. Right? Like, even when you look at uh, this other document right here on brain-computer interfaces, okay, invasive and non-invasive, Security 2040 of this RAND document, that gets into a lot of those aspects of psychology and thought and soldiers that, quote-unquote, shoot to miss. Hmm. Let's get back to uh, Rothblatt here. 
I'd say uh, Amazon's Alexa is just about catching up to her, and I'm sure because there's thousands of people working on Alexa, she'll soar right past being a 48. But this type of software inspires young people to become coders, and that's why I'm so confident that cyber consciousness will emerge, because it's not just our foundation or a couple big companies working on this. There are tens of thousands of people throughout the whole world who can make um, cyber consciousness. They don't need a factory to make it. They don't need a lot of investment to make it. Um, all they need is any kind of digital device to talk to the cloud. So they're talking about the accessibility of this code work. The FDA has recently approved Elon Musk's Neuralink. Uh, he has openly asked people to come in who uh, not only for that project, but for what I would consider a mirror project in the Optimus robot <clears throat> at Tesla, where he's asking Android coders to come in for software on that. And by the way, uh, the Musker nuts here, a lot of people forget this, um, but he's got a new mega factory over in Texas for SpaceX and boring employees. Now, people often associate the boring company. He's got a flamethrower. He's the musker nuts. How cool. He's got a flamethrower. I want a flamethrower. The boring company digs into the earth and is responsible for the vast majority of underground bunkers and networks that are uh, currently being built or ones that have already been built and need to be maintained or expanded upon. He's a government contractor. That's what he does. All right? Just like CureVac partners with Tesla to print, molecularly print, biologically print the hate and lie shots that you inject into your body. That's what they did. You know, it's funny. I talked about uh, Danny Polschuk. And how I'll be going on low-value mail tonight, but I had a conversation in person with Kurt Metzger, another great comedian. In fact, Kurt did a, uh, a sketch with those guys, too. I actually talked about that sketch. <clears throat> and it was, I think it was like some kind of cheap guy, another great sketch. And I was talking about CureVac, I was actually talked to him about Rothblatt uh, at length. And I was talking to him about CureVac as well, and he had no idea. And he goes, what do you mean printed? I go, that's what they are. They use biological molecular printing. This is a platform. He's like, what? And I go, look, man, let's just look it up. Because he didn't understand that. But we'll, we'll, biological, um, let's see, nanotechnology printing CureVac. Okay, let's see what comes up. mRNA printers kick uh, kickstart personalized medicines for all. Okay, CureVac publishes in that na uh, natural preclinical data of second hate and lie shot. <laughs> An mRNA quote unquote vaccine platform that can rap rapidly combat multiple. Let's let's say multiple. Uh, let's see multiple diseases the mrna vaccine platform they print this stuff they print it and the muskernuts very 
The Musker Nuts and Rothblatt, probably two peas in a pod. Two piggity peas in a pod. Putting a positive spin on this. A renaissance of RNA therapies. We love you, CureVac. RNA print, portable RNA printer. <laughs> this portable RNA printer. So when I, you know, it's not like it tried to correct anything that I wrote here. Biological nanotechnology printing CureVac. There's no fact check. It's not a debate. <laughs> this is DARPA tech. And NASA and DARPA, okay? They're, same thing. Same thing. Different sub-projects. They do the same exact thing. So that's why when the Musker nuts is here, and he's got the boring company, he's got SpaceX for their rockets and their, uh, their Starlink uploads and their Blackjack uploads, this dude is the agenda. He's the agenda. <laughs> Ooh, the bar's so low that he talks about freedom of speech and we just believe him. Oh, what's that? The open source code showed that uh, federal agencies still had a back door so they could basically delist people or shove them down in the algorithm? Awesome. Cool beans, everybody. Cool beans. Beans that are cool. So I talked a little bit about sustainability, productivity, ESG. Um, you know, I've talked about even the uh, migration in the 2030 agenda. Because this is against all of us. There's a reason that they are bringing in all these people to flood us that goes even outside of um, election rigging or cultural Marxism in that they want these people to adhere to the systems they impose through authoritarian means, okay? And that's why they're going to give you a court date 10 years later. Because if at any point you become successful outside of that or you rebel against the systems they put in place, they'll just send you right back. Oh, sorry. Ten year, you're out. You're out of here. Because this is a system of command and control. And I've got Biden at the uh, Global Health Fund. I can't believe how old this is now. It shows you time flies. Boom, 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 boom. It's like nine months ago. It's in September. Everybody remembers that he went for the shake and kind of the shake over here. And was there a shake over there? And where am I? But they forgot the speech. The speech was what was important. Because it goes down the line on all of these development goals. Every single one of them. All of these development goals. And... It's really about profit. And it's also this transgender agenda where we, we just have rights over children that parents no longer do. You can, you can come and have refuge here. And he can barely speak. It's five minutes long, right? Uh, I mean, I'm, Bill Gates is the one that introduces him. Although I have that part, I think, clipped off. All that. All that. And, and by the way, you know, he's a shell of what he used to be. I saw, before we get into that, I saw a video going viral on, on the Biden mask. It's not Joe. Now, it's at an angle where this woman is using her phone on a TV. The TV's kind of oversaturated and blown out. 
I want to show people the actual footage. Okay? So this is from, let's see when it's from. May, uh, oh, they just aired it on May 28th. Right? That this that this wasn't, uh, it's actually, it, this occurred before May 28th. I think it occurred like a, a little over a week ago. They must have just re-aired it. Uh, the the uh, de Is this one? It's got to be. This has got to be it. Hold on. I, I want to make sure that this is absolutely it and that I'm not making a mistake here. Uh, Biden on debt. Let's go to see all appearances. Let's go down the line. So last aired on 29th. That is from the 28th. Maybe there's one before that. It could be that one. But I really thought it was right here, actually. Uh, the 17th in debt default. Let's see. Is this the one? Maybe. Five. Whatever. Let's see what we got. But anyway, the guy just hasn't gotten his Botox in a while. That might not be it. Because they really crumpled up the forehead here. Look. Look at this. He just hasn't had his Botox in a while. That's not a that is a mask, y'all. It is not a mask. Um, that that's how his actual forehead looks. Take a look. That's real. Hold on. I don't want to actually hear him talk, but we'll hit play. And you know the angle. It does make it look weird. But guys, that's that's just his head. <laughs> it's just his head. In fact, you can see something uh, similar. And as you zoom out and you crimple it up and, you know, maybe you add a little contrast, it certainly looks a little more wild. But here it is. Let's see. I'm not it won't either. Do you think it's time for the U.S. to get rid of the debt limit? That this is, you know, for, that, for the reason you just laid out? No, I, I think it would cause more controversy getting rid of the debt limit, although I do, I am exploring the idea that we would, uh, at a later date, a year or two from now, decide whether or not the 14th Amendment, how that actually would impact on whether or not you need to do the debt limit every year. But that's another day. Mr. Thank Mr. you. Mr. President, do you believe Speaker McCarthy has the vote, and did he negotiate in good faith? I think he negotiated with me in good faith. He kept his word. He said what he would do. He did, did what he said he'd do. And I have no idea whether he had the votes. I expect he does. But <laughs> I don't think he would have made the agreement. Mr. President, do you have Always coughing. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have a comment on the elections in Turkey? Have you spoken with President Erdogan? I have not spoken with him yet. Do you have a comment? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me see. Let's get there. There's one of the good forehead spots. Again, he's like a, he's an 82 year old man. Take a look. That's not again not a mask. The guy can barely speak. He's coughing. He's slow. It's him. All right. It's him. So here he is. In September, talking up uh, the global fund. And then I'm going to go to uh, Dennis Bushnell talking about sustainability and productivity improvement all the way back in 2011 and what that really means and how they are code words. Let me repeat that. Code words. Friends, fellow leaders, Bill, thank you for that introduction. Bill, thank you. I love you, Bill. Global Fund. I mean, look how look how out of it he looks here, too. He looks the same. Got that same look because it's him. You know, um, I want to thank you all for being here. 
Not that uh, you're here because we invited you. You'll be here no matter what. And Bill, thank you for your incredible leadership and commitment to global health. And everyone participating in this conference, and to all of you, I want to thank you. Thank you for fighting for what counts. This is all about saving lives. There's no ambiguity here. Working with partners to ensure that all communities are healthy and strong, at least have a shot at being healthy and strong. That people everywhere can live in dignity. It's hard to maintain your dignity when you look at your child and see that they are sick or ill with a disease that you can't control. Look at him. Just looking off into space. I'm sure he's looking up at a prompter somewhere, but this is the guy they're telling you is leading the free world. He looks disheveled. He looks disconnected. He looks confused. And he is. It's difficult. It shocks you and it deprives you of your dignity. That's why the United States is proud to be a founding member of the Global Fund. And over the past 20 years, <clears throat> through our work together, it's estimated the Global Fund has saved, as you heard before, 50 million lives and dramatically, dramatically reduced the death rate of HIV, tuberculosis, and malaria in the countries where it's working. In the countries where it's working. I mean, he can barely talk. He can barely read off the prompter. He's getting ready to cough again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today, we've seen some historic pledges to keep building on this incredible record. Almost 1.6 billion, I think I got it right, euros from France, 1.3 billion from Germany, 1 billion dollars from Japan, 1.2 billion dollars from Canada, 750 million euros from the European Commission, and significant increases in the private sector, Qatar, Republic of Korea, and from nations that themselves receive global from grants, like Malawi and Niger, also contributed. <coughs> <coughs> <clears throat> and as I pledge to all of you, the United States will donate $1 billion for every $2 billion committed by the rest of the world. So that means... We love your money! Yay! That means we'll contribute half of what uh, everybody else contributes, being the largest contributor overall to enslaving humanity under these uh, SDGs and ESGs. We're going to work. That means we're going to work with our partners in Congress to contribute another six billion dollars to the global fund, bringing, bringing the overall global pledge as of today to fourteen billion dollars. With these incredible contributions, we succeeded through our mutual and continuing commitment to deliver one of the largest fundraising and global health fundraisers in global health history. And these billions are expected to deliver a 31-fold uh, return on investment. 31-fold return on investment. Think about that. 31-fold return on investment. That's a lot of money. That's more than when Bill Gates sat there and told you 20 to 1 return. In fact, let's pull it up. That Gates was making a 20 to 1 return. 20 to 1 Gates vaccines. And that was at Davos. Okay, let's see if we can just go to videos. Here it is. Um, let's see. 
that's like the full clip. I just want the the little baby clip. So it's th this is um, right here. I mean, it, you know what's in the headline? That's all we have to do. My best investment turned ten billion into two hundred twenty to one. Twenty to one. Twenty to one. Hell, let, let's play it and we'll go back to. I mean, after all, Bill Gates introduced him. Let's let's talk to the uh, the Epstein buddy himself. Come on, come on, come on. Give We're it here to today me. with Bill Gates. A lot to talk about about what he's been working on. And, and Mr. Gates, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about your approach to vaccinations. You wrote something recently, and, and like you always do, you kind of looked at the problem from a scientific and business perspective on things. Oh, a scientific and business perspective. You've invested $10 billion in vaccinations over the last two decades, and you figured out the return on investment for that, and it kind of stunned me. Can you walk us through the math? Well, it's pretty impressive that when you take these vaccines, uh, get them to be very inexpensive by making big volume commitments, have that right relationship with the private sector, uh, get the delivery system so they're really getting the coverage out there. You literally save millions of lives. Uh, yeah, he doesn't care about your life. That's not what she asked. You literally save millions of lives. And 20 years ago when we created these new multilateral organizations, Gavi for the vaccines, uh, Global Fund uh, for HIV, uh, TB. And, and remember, didn't know that he's speaking at Global Fund for the HIV, a lot more than HIV. They'd be successful. They've gone through lots of challenges about making sure the money gets there, making sure the efficiency is right. But as we look at upcoming replenishments for those, and we've got so much distraction uh, politically that the international uh, needs like this could uh, get eclipsed if we're not careful. You know, we see a, a phenomenal track record. It's been $100 billion overall that the world's put in. Our foundation uh, is a bit more than $10 billion, uh, but we feel there's been over a 20 to 1 return. So if you just look at the economic benefits, uh, that's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. That's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. Smiling. Can't help but smile while he says it. So let's bring it back to Biden here, telling you that forget about 20 to 1 global fund, Gates involved. <laughs> like, like saying, I mean, he's there introducing him. Forget about 20 to 1. Now we're in a post-COVID world. Remember, uh, the clip that you just saw right there is from 2019, January of 2019, right? Not even right before everything uh, busts out in 2020, 20 to 1. Well, here we are in 2022. It's 31 to 1. 31 to 1. Bringing, bringing the overall global pledge as of today to $14 billion. With these incredible contributions, we succeeded through our mutual and continuing commitment to deliver one of the largest fundraising and global health fundraisers in global health history. And these billions are expected to deliver a 31-fold uh, return on investment. 31-fold return on investment. And in other words, for every dollar to fight these diseases, we expect $31 in health gains and economic returns, which also advances our progress toward meeting a goal of sustainable development agenda. 
<clears throat> sustainable development agenda. Sustainability is you are screwed. Your standard of living plummets. You bend the knee. That's it. That's what it means. We're going to play the clip of the chief scientist of NASA explaining that in 2011. And remember, he's still the chief scientist of NASA today. An organization that has been wargaming, wargaming the future since really it's an inception, but has this stunning document behind me that lays it all out from July of 2001. Revolutions, economic trends, the enemy after next, which is now what? The domestic terrorists, the white supremacists, the bots, borgs, and humans welcome you to 2025 AD. Very close to that. It's a military document. It's a military plan. It's based upon existing data, trends, analysis, and technologies. No pixie dust. All reality. 15 years to produce, 40 plus years in inventory. You understand? Bio nano era. We're there, man. We're there. Genomic design and repair of the human species. Cross-species molecular breeding. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Remember when they caught that guy on the, on the hidden video, Project Veritas? Talking about directed evolution. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. All with the global warming and the pollution and the deforestation. Not so worried about the deforestation these days. They figured out their... Uh, their global warming scam definitely goes with the carbon credit system. Okay? And and right here, again, they, they predict that the bio-nano era starts in 2020. They don't know how long it lasts, but we're in for a virtual nightmare if they succeed. And that is that transhumanist future I constantly talk about, and we are talking about. So let's go back to Biggity Biden, Joe 31 times, so we can continue on about the Global Health Fund. So let's challenge ourselves to keep going, do even more. It's an investment that will save another 20 million lives, reduce mortality from these diseases, another 64% in the next four years. It will support frontline health workers, improve, and by the way, they deserve special, special, special thanks for what they've done, especially when it was much more dangerous than it is today. It will improve. Surveillance capabilities. Build stronger, more resilient. Surveillance capabilities. Yeah, we're definitely going to improve those. Because it's about track, trace, database, under the skin. Biomimetics. Transhumanism. Resilient health supply chains and increase innovations to reach those most in need. And it's going to help prevent and respond to gender-based violence and advance sexual and reproductive rights and health outcomes for people around the world. See that? See that? See how the gender thing snuck into this as well? That's why we're playing this. 31 to 1 returns. Bill Gates making that cheese gender ideology. Peace for health and health for peace. This is it, man. This is their modus operandi. You know, as we, as we work together... The United States will also continue to advance our leadership through our own health investments in PEPFAR, 
the President's malaria initiative and efforts to fight TB. TB. These investments working in tandem and further amplifying the work of the Global Fund have helped turn the HIV-AIDS around and develop the world's first vaccine for malaria. Here in the United States, where almost 1.2 million people are living with HIV, we're implementing our new national HIV-AIDS strategy to accelerate and strengthen our national response to the HIV epidemic. We're putting equity at the core of our efforts. We have to ensure that everyone, no matter who they are, who they love, where they come from, can access care and treatment they need, period. See what they're doing there? More of the gender-based ideology. More of the gender-based ideology saying, hey, come to the United States. We'll take care of you. Who they are and who they love. Get out of here with that garbage. <clears throat> folks, and that they're treated with the dignity they deserve, everyone should be able to lead a healthy, productive, and fulfilling life. That's our goal. So thank you all for stepping up, especially in a challenging global economic environment. And I ask you to keep it going. Let's finish this fight together. Now is the moment to accelerate our efforts to reduce health inequities and to address barriers to access, including gender and human rights barriers, to build a more... Gender? I mean, gen and right there, man. It's like the, the whole wrap-up of the speech. Gender, gender, gender. Gender, gender, gender. And now, again, he barely knows who he is and where he is. So after he gets done, we're going to relive that moment. For inclusive healthcare systems to leave no one behind, to end AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria for good. Let's demonstrate our collective power to take on challenges that matter most in people's lives and deliver progress. We have so much, so much to do. So let's get to work. And thank you all for all you're doing. God bless you all. Now, here it is. Here's the moment everybody played. And, every, and that's the thing. I get it why everybody played this. And they had every reason to. What, wasn't that other five and a half minutes pretty important? Pretty important that the cartel said they were going to make 31 to 1 while enslaving us and promoting gender ideology. I think that's pretty important. So, without further ado, here is Dennis Bushnell explaining to you about sustainability and productivity improvement. And that's your standard of living plummeting, and that's the mantra we're going to use, but it's going to be under this, this equity agenda. Health for peace and peace for health. And then, productivity improvement is going to be the buzz term they use as they replace you with AI and robots. That's the plan, Stan. Out and open. In fact, prevention of collapse in the ecosystem has now become the overwhelming issue. Uh, current food production is based on freshwater plants, i.e. glycophytes. We're running out of fresh water, as you know. And by the way, we're now starting to hear that water is going to be privatized and become a commodity. We're starting to hear that in this country, and see it in others, that farmers are going to drastically have to change the way they farm. They're coming after our water and food supply at the same time. 
Tell me this isn't a transhumanist movement. Tell me this isn't command and control. Tell me this isn't the new technopoly neo-feudal system for the vast majority of us. Uh, the code word is sustainability. Uh, the Code words. We got code words. The code word is sustainability. Hey, by the way, your standard of living, too high. Crashing of the ecosystem is due to population growth and the way we're now living, our standard of living. Uh, the estimates vary between 30 and 50% of a planet that we're currently short to uh, subs uh, sustain the standard of living and the, and the current population, much less the population growth. Uh, as the Asians and their billions come up as they are at 9 to 11% growth rate, to Western standards of living, we're going to be short three more planets, and they're not readily available. This will result in peak everything. Uh, this will result in standards of living plunging. So this is Malthus 101. Malthus 101, Malthusianism. What is a life worth? Literally telling you they are going back to this archaic system, this archaic system where the lords and the oligarchs, the kings and the queens, have domain over the land. I mean, that's what this is. That, and it's, <laughs> everybody's chuckling. Well, it ain't 2011 anymore. Everybody think it's hilarious 12 years later? I don't. These innate ecosystem restrictions and shortfalls will necessarily shift world uh, econometrics from a growth mantra to one of sustainability with possible population control instigated along the way. Oh! Oh, oh, we're just going to instigate population control along the way? How does that work? How do you institute population control? I'm sure you ask everybody. I'm sure you don't do it on your own. I mean, this... Uh, so frank, and again, he's the author of the document behind me, right here, all right, where if we type world population in, which is what we're going to do, world population, stabilization of world population, these are just buzz terms, Bernaysian terms, stabilization of the world population, equalization of the haves and have-nots. That, that is, you will own nothing and you will like it. They don't tell you about the class of folks that own everything. That have everything. Demise of the U.S. underclasses. Because they want one class. One class. Altered political military outlooks worldwide. I.E. that changes everything. He's telling you right now, in, instigate population control along the way that changes everything. Let me roll it on back. Roll it on back, Jack. World uh, econometrics from a growth mantra to one of sustainability with possible population control instigated along the way that changes everything. Uh, in terms of employment, just as an example, uh, we are in a jobless economic recovery. There's about 7 million jobs missing. Some of them were globalized and offshore, about a third. The rest of them are gone. 
the code word is productivity improvement, which is a code word for ever better automation and robotization. They got their code words. They got their plan. They got their robots. They got their AI. And they got their automation. When he tells you that nobody is safe, okay, and that the robots can do it all, that's how the people who consider themselves top of the food chain feel. And they feel like they're the ones that are in control of that. So they have every right to be. Uh, if you look at the way the robots are going, uh, human-level machine intelligence from the IBM Brain Project is now about 10 to 15 years up. Via biomimetics, where they've nanosectioned the neocortex and they're replicating in silicon. Okay, and they're, they're having great success at all of this. So this is not soft computing, this is via biomimetics. Uh, we have looked 20, 30 years out with the way robotics and automation and machine intelligence is going at, at what jobs the machines cannot do. The answer is none. Uh, we thought we need human touch labor in nursing homes for a while, but the Japanese two years ago put robots in the nursing homes and patients like them much better than the humans. <laughs> Hilarious that we're going to put what? We're going to put robots in charge of healthcare, especially at the end of your life. Think how awful it would be to be in a home and the last thing that you're relating to isn't even a human being. It's sad to me. That's sad to me. So he's about to wrap this up in the next 18 seconds, but then I have like a six-minute compilation of Bushnell kind of explaining along the way AI, Google is the global brain, as the model, how AI could actually kill humanity without even thinking about it, and that's a problem. There's no real benevolent AI. And then at the end of the day, you either have humans that merge with machines, all right, machines that merge with humans, or human-contaminated machines. That'll be his last word if we get that far. Okay, so let's finish this clip up and then go up to that compilation. Uh, the, 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 the machines are creating wealth within the structures of the ecosystem uh, capability. The machines are reducing costs, okay, producing wealth, but uh, the humans increasingly can't compete. The machines are capable of really good deep learning. And that's what most of the current AI is based on. Uh, the current AI is essentially soft computing. It's neural nets, fuzzy logic, algorithms, and, and the deep learning. Uh, the machines coming up as we leave silicon and go to bio, optical, quantum, nano, molecular, and atomic computing, there's another 10 to the 8th to 10 to the 12th to go. We've come 10 to the 8th so far. Uh, the machine intelligence currently, there's the soft computing business, but no one really sees a way to get the humans via deep learning or soft computing. They, they, they just don't, not yet. There's no breakthrough in algorithms. What we are doing, which will get to humans, people now think, and this is what's worrying people, uh, is the biomimetics part. This is where you nanosection the neocortex, replicate it in silicon, and you don't have to understand how it works, you just have to make it work this way uh, as an artificial human brain surrogate. They will all go to Google. Oh, God. 
Okay. So, so this is now the, the, the de facto global brain, which will only get better. And we are busily, with nanosensors and other sensors, networking within 10 years some 3 trillion sensors. So the global brain will be fed with all of this information, okay, and it will have all of the contents of all the libraries, and it will read all of everybody's emails and everything else. And, and so you end up with a really big global brain. That's different from intelligence. The yeah, no, that's called track trace database of everything you do. You know, he, re he just told you you have no privacy. It's like, again, somewhere between 2016 and 2018, I'm not quite sure uh, of this, uh, this discussion. He shows up on this uh, woman's program quite a few times, and uh, thanks to NetGain, for putting this out there. So they're very much open to the fact that everything is being run uh, through algorithmic intelligence based in Google, which is, you know, when you look at their quantum computing division, you talked about quantum uh, computing right there as well, right? That's NASA. That's him. That's why he knows these things. And he knows these programs. They were already doing it. It's a big joke. Now they want to get under your skin. He talked about the biomimetics part about this, too. These people that you speak of that are worried about this are worried about the fact that as we develop, which we can now, it looks like, via biomimetics at least in the next 10, 20, 25 years, uh, a, a human level uh, of machine intelligence, uh, there's the conventional rules of we're going to make it friendly to humans. Well, it turns out that people have now delved into that a bit, and they're not so sure we can do that. Well, okay? you know, his... And a, a, a really good brain, of uh, human level and beyond machine intelligence, could easily uh, uh, produce untoward effects on humans. It wouldn't have to be malicious. It would mm -hmm. just have to be unthinking. And, and wipe us all up, given our huge reliance upon electrons in everything we do. And in fact, what, what we're developing this time uh, is a, uh, essentially a second intelligent species. Uh, we are, with, with the biomimetics, where we're nanosectioning the neocortex and replicating it in silicon, uh, people which were 10 to 15 to maybe 20 years max out from having a human level machine intelligence. Uh, the nano robotics is giving all the dexterity, human dexterity and so forth. So when one looks uh, in the totality of the human versus the robot, uh, the robot knows more. Uh, the robot has a much better safety record. Uh, in aviation, 85% of the safety issues are human factors. It's clear if you want a safer system, you have less humans. Uh, you want a safer system, you have less humans. And you notice he talked about aviation. You know, we talked about defunding the police. We talked about the DARPA dogs, automation, law enforcement. We just talked about the robots in healthcare. Why do you think they're trying to work out the pilots too? It's the same thing. Next gen 2025 is the agenda. They want automated everything. They want human beings out of the decision-making process. The, the machines so far are, are uh, 
uh, uh, more knowledgeable. The robot that we're using now to do uh, cancer research uh, and, and the cancer treatments is, is much better than the human physicians. Uh, the the uh, teachers uh, uh, are in fact more effective, the robot teachers in educating children, uh, they're more creative, the child has more control and so forth and so on. The studies show that child's, uh, children learn four to five times faster than they do in, in conventional schools and that's because conventional schools, uh, they, they have a, a large amount of time keeping order. Uh, the classmates are not always supportive for people who are, are brainy and intelligent and so forth and so on. So, so robots in the classroom as well. And we've talked about that at length. In the classroom, okay, in the doctor's office, in law enforcement, and in travel. Oh, the, you know, the total education system for, for the robot teacher tends to be better. There will be essentially no jobs the machines cannot do. We currently have creative software that, that are doing ideation just as good or better than humans now. Uh, the creative jobs will be the last ones to go, but, but, but I have not been able to discern any jobs the machines cannot do as machine intelligence and all the rest of, of the autonomous robotics develops. So now we're to your question, okay, what do you do with these people? Uh, what do you do with these people? What do you do with the people? Essentially three options. Uh, you covered one, which is the, the guaranteed income. A and the machines can produce the productivity, the wealth necessary to pay this. It's just the machines do the work instead of the people. Yes, you have to change the cultural uh, milieu, but, but uh, you know, this is eventually doable. Uh, this, is the, this is only one approach. Uh, uh, the second approach is the fact that uh, what's changed since you last looked at this is the whole technology level and we humans are now converting ourselves into cyborgs. Uh, we now have artificial retinas, artificial hearts, uh, we have brain chips, uh, DARPA's working on brain chips for super soldiers. Uh, we can have a, a high bandwidth COM port uh, built in. So, so we don't have to use the senses and their very limited uh, bandwidth. And, and, and eventually this all ends up with, with uploading into the machines. And instead of us versus them, humans versus the machines, we become them. Or they become us. Or you end up with human contaminated machines. Now I don't want human contaminated machines. I'm a human being. I'm team humanity. I'm going to continue to be Team Humanity, and I hope that you guys are too. Folks, we did it for two hours today. Stayed pretty on point with the overall message on the whispered transhuman truth. Showed you what this transgender agenda is really about. And once again, I could not do it without you. Consider redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. You get two extra interviews every single week behind the paywall. Right now we've got uh, Richard Andrew Grove and Jamie Deluxe. Last week we had a, a banger with uh, Stuart J. Hooper and uh, I believe, was it was it Steve from Slow News Day last week as well? 
uh, man, I'm, I'm trying to think. It might not have been Steve from Slow News Day. I, I actually think it was somebody else. Uh, Steve from Sl Slow News Day, I think, is now available uh, free from several weeks ago. Or two weeks ago. Because every two weeks we put it out there for free. But again, I love you guys. Stay tuned. Another 10 hours of broadcasting coming up via Red Voice Media. We'll see you tomorrow on the flip side.